Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, four. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another show of the Career Expert Live. I am your host, Joseph Joe Wrychowski. It is November 10th, 2015. And yes, we are past the uh, back to the future point when Doc Brown and Marty McFly came into the future in 2015. Uh, amazing week, um, about a few weeks ago. A lot of fun. But we are back this week, um, and Peter Pasternak was an amazing guest uh, a few weeks ago. Really brought a lot of energy and just a lot of passion. Uh, just amazing, wasn't he? And today we actually have another special guest in Lenny DePaul. Uh, most of you know him from uh, A&E's Manhunter, so he'll be on in about... Um, 10 minutes, but we want to get through to what we normally do here on the show. Uh, that is the first start out, we'll talk about major news. So the major news we have this week, and, and we do spend time on various topics that might apply to careers or might impact careers, but sometimes the news is big that we need to report on it. So the major news that we have this week is that racial tension at the University of Missouri really uh, reached a boiling point. Uh, with all the athletes protesting, and the university president resigned. Uh, you know, as we can see, race is, is still a big, big issue in this country, and we really, really need to uh, to fix this. Uh, but hopefully, um, cooler heads will prevail here, and things will move forward and on the right track. Uh, but very unfortunate that you know these things had to occur. Um, Donald Trump, and don't know why this is major news, but apparently it is reaching major news. So Donald Trump is suggesting a boycott of Starbucks cups. So most of you know with the Starbucks cups, it's um, pretty insane that, uh, you know, they're not saying Merry Christmas on there. I'm just surprised at that. But, you know, again, that's their decision. I'm still going to go to Starbucks. Um, you know, again, focusing on something that I think trivial is is insane. Um, but again, Donald Trump is has so much energy focused on that. But let's fo- focus on what we really need to focus on. Uh, for you Star Wars fans out there and folks that might have been following, uh, Daniel Fleetwood was the Star Wars fan who was terminally ill. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away overnight. So, uh, Daniel, I'm glad you got to see Star Wars Episode Seven. And my friend, may the Force be with you, Daniel. And the Force will always be with you. And very, very glad that you got to see uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, Dallas Cowboys player Greg Hardy. Uh, most of you know, struck his girlfriend. Uh, he was not suspended. Uh, very disappointing situation. Um, you know, again, just not sure what's going on with the NFL here. It just seems like hit or miss with all the things. And again, we don't know all the details as to what's happened, but obviously we've seen the pictures and the things that have actually come out. I'm just really, um, really surprised that there was um, no suspension, but we really need to help people like this um, who have problems and he, you know, fortunately needs the help and he's not getting it. So just really, really surprised at that. And, uh, we'll continue to monitor, but he did play in the previous game. And I know some Eagles players had some, um, had some choice words, but you know, again, um, it, it's really interesting to see how that's going to shape up. So now that's the main news. Um, what we will do is now go into what we typically do is go into the job cuts and find out what's going on. So um, update from AK Steel, um, the job layoffs that we mentioned a few weeks ago and the restructuring of their company has been raised to 1,100 layoffs. So that's a huge number that's, um, that's out there. Um, and again, unfortunately, you know, folks are, are impacted by, by jobs. So um, hopefully they'll find some other work. 
Chevron, uh, 1,000 employees and Saudi staff in Kuwait are uh, being let go, and they're again doing some reshuffling and restructuring. Um, M&T uh, has indicated about 24% of its Hudson City employees will actually be let go. So again, M&T Bank um, in doing some restructuring as well. Uh, Armstrong Call, about 75 positions. Uh, no word on specifics, but I know they were struggling in their um, in their last earnings. And Planet Hollywood, Disney Springs, 468 temporary layoffs. Now you might wonder why we focus on um, temporary layoffs, but again, you know these are impacted jobs. You know, temporary layoffs are for you know, high school college students. They make a summer out of it and, and go down and, and work, but uh, that's a pretty significant number. Uh, Micropower Electronics uh, in their Beaverton location, 140 employees. Um, no word on the specifics, but we suspect, again, poor earnings and some restructuring. Uh, GE Transportation, we have an update. We mentioned a few weeks ago that they were doing some corporate restructuring. 1,500 employees is the actual number. Um, Bell Media uh, in their international division, 270 employees. And again, that's some restructuring. So you kind of see the theme here. There's a lot of restructuring that's going on. Um, and from time to time, you're going to see these companies uh, lay off people. And again, it's very unfortunate, but this is one of the areas where I can help people. So if you are interested, uh, go to facebook.com forward slash Joe Wu fan page and um, reach out to me because one of the biggest things I think we see is folks uh, make career decisions and we're not proactive enough. And sometimes you can't, you know, face it. You don't know what's going to happen with layoffs. Things come out of the blue. I've had that happen many times and many times I've known a company's failing. So we need to be better prepared. And I can certainly help all of you with that. Um, another uh, layoff is uh, Harpo Studios, uh, which is uh, Oprah Winfrey Studios. Uh, we'll begin 183 layoffs in downsizing. Um, Leo Burnett's Chicago office, uh, they have a few layoffs that mentioned. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And let's see, just kind of looking through the rest of our notes here. Um, Alcoa, near 500 layoffs reported uh, in corporate restructuring due to flat earnings, and we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Standard Charter Bank, though, came out uh, last week, and their international um, divisions and had about 15,000 employees, and this is due to very, very weak earnings. So, again, um, that's, that's a big thing. And locally here in my area, in the Delaware Valley in Philadelphia, Philadelphia Media Network, 46 people in the newsroom. So, again, that's just you know unfortunate where we're seeing some additional layoffs. Um, across the country, but that is the um, total layoffs right now. Nothing other major in the job market. I know we'll see some uh, some weekly job numbers coming out soon, but um, we'll keep an eye on things. Uh, so that's Daily Job Cuts brought to you by DailyJobCuts.com. So just in about three minutes here, uh, Lenny DePaul will actually be on, so we'll go in a bio in just a minute here. But wanted to talk to everybody about um, an incident real quick that I saw on uh, those of you who follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus, you know, I mentioned about um, half-assing it, you know, half-ass help, basically. And the concern I saw was that um, I was in a convenience store and an old woman was ordering coffee. And she paid for it and she was barely over the counter. At first, it looked like it was her first outing in some time. And unfortunately, she just didn't know what she was doing. And she went over to the next register and said, I like my coffee. And the gentleman that was at the register actually saw her rung up and was staring and he rung her up again. So people were kind of helping, jumping on it, but she moved down that line and asked somebody, where do I get my coffee? And a person said, Oh, over there. And then she went to the second person line oh, over there. And they kept saying over there. And then she's walking towards the coffee area in the store. And one of the clerks uh, has the, um, you know, the 
uh, change uh, in the drawer, and he's bringing it up to the register. I guess he's going to start work. And basically, um, she says, where do I get my coffee? And he goes, over there. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe this. Um, so I, as soon as I was done my purchase, I went over and actually helped the woman and showed her where the coffee was, uh, really helped her out and made her day. But that's really not the point. The point is that you see what, what's going on here. We're half-assing. We're just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, over there, over there. And then we go Facebook and post and say, hey, I helped somebody out today. And we look for all the likes. That's a bunch of crap. You know, we got to do a better job in focusing on people and really helping and following through. And we do that with charities and, you know, we have the corporate you know, events, the corporate walks and, and it's a wonderful and great. And a lot of people do care and do help out quite a bit. But the bottom line is, is that we see so many people just show up for the day to take pictures and work a little bit and that's it. And there's no impact. We got to do this throughout the year. And I know we're all busy, but to me, that's an excuse. I mean, let's take a few hours a month out of your time to help people and help somebody make a difference in this world. And that's what we got to do. So in about a minute here, Lenny DePaul is actually going to be on, get ready to plug our headset in here so I can actually hear. Uh, Mr. DePaul, and it's going to be a wonderful interview when he comes on. But as you know, Lenny DePaul is uh, the uh, U.S. Marshal on the hit show Manhunters, hunting down fugitive after fugitive, and he's now retired from that. Uh, but he previously served in the United States Secret Service, and he guarded John Gotti, which is a real interesting thing. And uh, he has another show coming up called Hunting Hitler, which is actually starting in less than two hours at 10 o'clock on A&E. So we're very excited about that. And um, I think it's really going to be cool to talk to him a little bit about that and kind of get to know what it took for him to be in the Secret Service and, um, you know, what, what was it like to be on, on a TV show, uh, Manhunters and be a uh, U.S. Marshal, um, and the uh, Fugitive Task Force, really amazing. And then, obviously, as I said, guarding John Gotti, being in the Secret Service, and now with hunting Hitler. Hitler. And if you guys have seen the preview, it's really, really cool. Um, it, it's, it's pretty neat. So I'm excited, uh, excited to bring Lenny on here in just a minute. But um, I think what's what's really great about Lenny is he just brings a lot of heart and a lot of energy, very passionate, um, but no nonsense person, too. Uh, so he should be dialing in here in just a moment and um, we'll be bringing him on. But uh, if you actually are interested, um, go ahead and uh, call us in and we'll be bringing him on. Hi, Lenny. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good evening. Good. How are you? How you doing, man? Thanks for I'm joining me. You got it, pal. No, thanks for having awesome. me on. Awesome. Yeah, I was just telling the uh, listeners here that we're very excited to have you on. And I just, you know, always am in awe of what you do and, and how you do it so professionally. I think that's just one of the things that, you know, I was attracted to watching the show. Um, was just watching how you're so professional and just, you know, but, you know, when you need to be, uh, you get out there and you hunt down the fugitives. It's it's an amazing thing. <laughs> you're you're too kind, Joe. No, absolutely. I try, you know, but it's, uh, it's I speak the truth. <laughs> Yeah, no, we we enjoyed that show. That was it was fun to do. Uh, yeah, it's serious work, and and uh, uh, but uh, you know we enjoyed it. It was some positive press for us for law enforcement, and uh, at the end of the day, we we put some bad person behind bars where they belonged. So yeah, that's that's exactly it. So what made you go down uh, your career path? I know you've you've been in the Secret Service um, and things like that, but what made you kind of go down this path in your career? You know, I I mean, I could sit here and, and tell you it was watching Kojak and Beretta when I was a kid, but I think your audiences probably can't relate to that. But, uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed the I had fun as a kid doing that stuff. I had a, I had one uncle uh, that was a detective in, in the police department where I was at, and, and uh, he'd come over on Sunday for macaroni, he'd sit around, he'd tell his war stories, and he was a 
<clears throat> excuse me, he was kind of a guy that, uh, you know, he puts you right there. He puts you right on the scene. Uh, and I always was, was glued to his, his conversation. So as time went on, I uh, was living with my grandmother. I slept on a couch through high school, and uh, I didn't have a lot of money to do anything, let alone college. So uh, I certainly couldn't uh, couldn't afford to pay attention. So I enlisted in the in the Navy. Uh, wow. I spent five years there, active duty, and, and uh, you know a lot of training there. Worked with some crazy people. I was in an amphibious assault group. Worked with a lot of crazy underwater demolition guys and SEALs and wow. other special ops guys. And then uh, you know I'll, I'll never forget when I when my time was up, uh, I was discharged, and I'm sitting on a pier in San Diego with my sea bag over my shoulder, and I look back at the big ship I was on. I said, well. <laughs> that was fun. Now what? <laughs> right. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I spent some time. Uh, a few months after that, I was working construction and ended up down in the Washington D.C. area. And I was putting windows in a house uh, with a, with a guy that was actually a Secret Service uh, defensive tactics instructor in uh, oh, okay. Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so we were in conversation, talked a little bit about the military and what I did, and we just hit it off. Uh, and he and I went back the next day, and he says, you know what, the uh, the Secret Service is hiring. Um, I didn't have an uneducated <laughs> military guy, Joe, at the time, so I said, well, I don't have right. a degree. And, you know, two questions. I, one, I don't have a degree. And number two, what the hell is the Secret Service? I had no, I, I had no idea what that, you know, everybody thinks <laughs> FBI, you know, it's like, uh, right. uh, you know, federal agents and whatnot. So anyhow, he educated me pretty quick on that stuff, the uniform Division of the Secret Service was hiring. So, long story short, uh, uh, went through the process, did an interview, and about a year later, I got a call on a Thursday. Uh, it was the recruiter who said, We got good news and bad news. And, and I said, What is it? He said, Well, the good news is you're hired. Uh, the bad news is you start Monday. What do you think? Oh, so wow. I put the phone down for about a New York second and said, uh, I'll take the job. <laughs> you know? And oh, from course, there, yeah. it was uh, I took off from there. So. That's a great thing. So that's what I say to my listeners, you know, with the career show, you got to know somebody. So it's a great way to network. You know, you're doing windows and go figure you're working for the secret service on Monday. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Well, yeah. Networking is, is huge. I mean, it's important uh, obviously yep. to, uh, but you also need to, uh, you know, have that vision, that focus, uh, and, and, uh, especially in a career in law enforcement, you know, oh, absolutely. listeners in college and high school and whatnot, they're, you know, it's it's important to focus and, and uh, have fun, but uh, there's limitations to everything, Joe. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what was an early um, career challenge that you faced, and how did you overcome it? Uh, you know, being a federal agent and in the government, I mean, the mobility factor was huge. I had to move a lot. Family life was tough, and 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 anyone that chooses that path, um, <clears throat> please, you know, you got to know that uh, from Jump yep. Street from from the get go, because, you know, it's it's very difficult, and and uh, you know, having a family and trying to juggle and traveling, and where I was at, I was with President Reagan um, at the White House for three and a half years, and then I went over to foreign diplomats, foreign missions, and whatnot, and and I was moving all the time. I was on an advanced team with our with our counter snipers and the counter assault teams and our K9 units. So we'd go out there, wow. um, you know, and set the table uh, for the boss to come in. And, and uh, so I was never home. You know, you don't unpack your suitcase at times. So right. how did I overcome? I mean, the job itself is a challenge. Uh, even with the U.S. Yeah. Marshals and, and uh, apprehending violent predators every day, which we did. Um, I mean, y- you know, those things things happen. Uh, you do a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. You know, after action uh, conversations go on in the office and. and and, uh, you know, if I if I zigged when I should have zagged, that bullet would have hit me right here. And, you know, so, you know, that stuff right. is one thing. And overcoming that is, uh, you know, it would take me an hour to tell you about, you know, <laughs> how we do that <laughs> stuff. But, but yeah, the yeah. challenges, I mean, they're going to be there, especially in law enforcement. I mean, uh, there's a variety of things going on, and uh, especially in today's world. I mean, it's a tough climate out there. So uh, Oh, yeah, yeah no. So, I, I... 
Absolutely. And, and that's, easy. you know, yeah, no, and that's exactly, you know, what I tell my listeners, one of the biggest things is kind of being in that, in that state, you know, that frame of mind, whatever you got to do, you know, whatever job it is, if you're a, you know, a surgeon or if you're a banker or if you're law enforcement, you know, you've got to be in the state, you know, and that sounds like, you know, and even watching you, I mean, you're always, you kind of get focused and you see how you kind of you do some of those things. And I, and I watch and kind of pick up on those things, how you get focused, how you get the team ready. And that's, uh, that's so important. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I've always said do unto others as you would have done unto you unless uh, they give you, you know, they give you a reason not to. Uh, but, right. uh, you know, trust is important. Integrity, obviously, honesty. I mean, it's uh, even even with with uh, with the bad guys. I mean, their families, uh, you know, they're 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 sensitive people. You're Q&A right. or you're, you're in conversation with somebody and you're trying to, uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult uh, situation to be in uh, as a law enforcement. You know, and in fact, in my world, it's a little different than uniform cop and you know we're, we're out there hunting down violent predators terrorists murderers rapists arsonists gun runners drug runners the worst yeah. of the worst so you know we yep. live in that world and, and then you got to come home and go to your kids baseball game so it's a, you know it's not an <laughs> right easy, right uh, yeah kind of yeah. here that's, that's yeah. amazing how you do that <laughs> so what was what yeah. would you say your your biggest um you know hunt down was you know i know from from watching the show mike by the way my kids love it and my daughter's uh interested in getting in law enforcement i guess because of you because she as soon as we would turn it on on Monday, even the rerun, she would sit there and say, "Oh, it's coming on," and the kids would get so excited oh, and watch it as neat. <laughs> so, what was what was the um, the biggest uh, sort of um, fugitive you hunted down, and kind of what was that process like? Just I, I know you're in Puerto Rico a couple times, I think, and just traveled yeah, all over. No. Well, I mean, I've I've been asked this question, you know, thousands of times, and I right. just to put this into perspective, Joe, with respect to my task force here, you know, it was the largest task force of its kind in the world. We were mandated by Congress back in in '02 after 9/11, with the FBI right. focusing on domestic terrorism. You know, they needed to look in their own backyard. So, who was right. you know these repeat offenders who's committing all the crimes? So, long story short, we were mandated by Congress. We were stood up in '02 as the flagship here in New York and New Jersey. So, um, you know, going after these. these 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 violent people. I mean, we were arresting anywhere from 100 to 120 people a week, and just in wow. my region alone, of violent predators, oh, wow. violent fugitives. So that just puts it into you know the U.S. Marshal Service is, is arresting anywhere from 100 to 120 thousand fugitives a year uh, around oh the gosh, country, no. and we're on the ground in several countries too. But to answer what? your question, I've been involved in and any highlighted case you've seen over the past decade, or 20 years, or whatever, from the D.C. sniper case to uh, right. uh, whoever. I mean, I was there. Uh, you know, that was an intense manhunt. I mean, any of these uh, escape cases, the Texas Seven that escaped years back, I was involved with right. that. Uh, uh, Rudolph was another one. I mean, uh, from from Stefano Procopio, who was uh, part of the Red Brigade in Italy, who oh, blew yeah. up that train in Bologna in the 80s. Uh, uh, we locked him up in downtown Manhattan after a, after a, a very intense manhunt with that guy. In wow. fact, it was kind of funny the way that went down. We were we were in front of Robert De Niro's restaurant in Tribeca, uh, where he, he this guy was in an apartment upstairs. And long story short, he comes down and and I made the call to move in. We grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and I turned around. People were clapping. They thought we were filming a movie with De Niro. It was hysterical. Ah. <laughs> it was like ah, that's you know. Funny. But anyways, to answer your question, I could I could talk for hours on on, on arrests that had taken place. Uh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. There, but a lot of highlighted cases, you know, and, and yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, then you move on to the next one. So there's, there's yeah. sadly yeah. enough, there's uh, a lot of that out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, with um, with you basically on the TV show Manhunters, how did that come about? Because a lot of people, um, you know, had asked, they said, well, you know, it's great. You're 
you know, the U.S. Marshal Service and, you know, the Fugitive Task Force. But how did, how were you, were you guys just approached to do a, a TV show like that? Or how did that kind of come about? It was kind of comical, uh, and, and I'll try to be brief, but uh, I kept getting phone calls from two producers in New York City, and they'd leave messages. And we were just newly you know, mandated, like I said, back in 02, 03. So I think this was in 05. I kept getting voice messages. So finally I called our chief of public affairs in Washington, D.C. I said, what do you want me to do with these guys? They they keep calling. I says, I, I'm giving them your number, but apparently that's not working. He says, well, you know what? We're congressionally funded. Positive press is pretty good. It might not be a bad idea to show the American people on, on how some of their money's at tax taxpayer right. dollars are being spent, you know. So they came in, they sat down in my office and you know, they were excited and, and, and the one guy was so nervous he's back and forth in his chair and he looks at me and he says, This is great. He says this is like a big parole office, right? I right. said, Well parole's here but you know, so are ninety two other federal, state and local agencies. Well, you know, at that point they said, Geez, we hit the mother load. So it was uh you know, it it was these two guys that ended up being executive producers on the show. They took it out to their agent in, in LA and, and things just, just moved from there. Uh, we had meetings upon meetings. There were a couple of networks that wanted the show. Uh right. you know, and it's it's tough to get exclusive into a Department of Justice uh, you know, agency. It's 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 like forget it. I can't tell you how, how many hoops and fires they no, have to put no, out no. to get that done. <laughs> but yeah. I thought it was done well. I thought it showed, uh, like I said, it showed us in a good way. And, and uh, you know, the men and women uh, of, the, of our task forces, uh, whether they're federal, state, or local, and we deputize all of our state and local uh, police right. officers. Yeah. So they basically have the same powers that I do, jumping on airplanes, crossing state lines, and, and whatnot. So, it, you know, I thought it was positive press for us. And, and people didn't. You know, and and I would constantly travel. Oh, U.S. Marshals. Oh, what do you do? What do you tow cars? You know, what do you evict people from bill? You know, I thought, well, that's the that's right. the local marshals, but you know, we're similar. You know, so it's like. Right. But I, I think the show did well for us. I mean, uh, you know, and I love the FBI and all our other brothers and the Department of Justice, but uh, we finally got a little recognition, and 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 we didn't Great. want that. Uh, you know what I mean, Joe? We would just move on to the next case. Give us some yeah. credit on you know when you run up to the microphone, announce the arrest of, but uh, you know, thank thank God for our manpower and money and state-of-the-art equipment and things we had with us, uh, we were able to, to be pretty successful. A lot of success stories, but uh, it was gotcha. good. Now, now, you mentioned, too, that you had you had guarded uh, John Gotti as well. So was that a pretty interesting uh, thing to do? I mean, just imagine, I guess, you know, being in that situation. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> It was uh, that was early. That was when he was finally sentenced and convicted back in the early nineties. Uh, right. Yeah, they had to put a team on him because they didn't know whether he wanted to break out or somebody was going to try to hit him uh, moving sure. from the federal prison in downtown Manhattan over to Brooklyn wow. every day. So I had my team. We came in every day, and I'd be the lonely guy to go upstairs at Metropolitan Correction Center and put handcuffs on him and Sammy to bowl and, and Frank, uh, his consigliere there. Um, uh, well, his name escapes me now. But anyhow, the three of them every day. And of course, John always had something funny to say every time I'd walk upstairs he'd look at me, hey Lenny you got changed for a hundred you know he yeah. was he was a comedian <laughs> John yeah. uh, until until one day I showed up and, and real quick Joe I show up and he's there and Frank's there there's no Sammy Gravano so I put the cuffs on him John's now quiet as a church mouse which is not John Gotti I get right. on the elevator on the third floor I hit the button it's just the three of us in the elevator I turn around now, now I'm going to be the funny guy right I turn around I look at John I said where's Sammy what is he a rat just like that <laughs> And and I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what right. the FBI was was doing and what he was doing. And he, I tell you, if looks could kill, I'd have been dead on that elevator. I mean, wow. Uh, okay. And then, of course, the next day, the New York Post, the Times, you know, Sammy the Bull Gravano cooperates with the government. Wow. I was like, oh my God. But uh, yeah, anyhow, I could tell you a bunch of John Gotti stories. But that was, uh, um, yeah, that was a pretty good run there for a while with him. That's and, neat. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. 
Wow. I brought him up to Stewart Air Force Base uh, when he was finally sentenced. He was going out to oh, Marion, wow. Illinois. Then he ended up in Colorado, and 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 I didn't. You know, I'm sitting there by myself. I put him on the on the aircraft. He takes three steps up the uh, up the ladder. Now he's, he's he's quiet. He's all shackled up, and he's shaking. He sounded like the ghost of Christmas past. And I, you know, what am I going to say to him, John? It was nice knowing you know. I mean, so right. I just you know take care. I hand the medical papers to the guys on the aircraft. I turn around. I walk away, and all of a sudden I hear, Hey, Lenny! I turn around. I said, Yeah, John. What's the matter? He goes, You think it's too late to say I'm sorry? <laughs> so that's how that's how I left John Gotti, and and unbeknownst to me, the reason he was shaking so much, he never flew a day in his life. He was scared to death oh, wow. to get on that airplane, and I had no idea. But anyways, wow. I could I it's could rattle on more no, for you. I, I, I pre- no, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that. So I know um, with, with you being now retired, you've got a new show, though, Hunting Hitler. And I saw the previews and I was uh, up this morning. I was watching the History Channel. So I saw the previews on there, too. And I'm obviously going to be, be tuning in. Unfortunately, my kids are so excited, but they're going to be they're obviously in bed now. So they're uh, going to have to watch <laughs> yeah. it tomorrow. But uh, they're, they're excited. So can you tell our viewers a little bit about what Hunting Hitler is and, and sort of what the whole premise is about that? Yeah, no, sure. I was I was called by a production company in Los Angeles, and they had uh, they had just looked at some recent uh, FBI files that unclassified files that were released, and they filtered through these nine hundred something pages, and they did not find anywhere's in there, and neither did I, that anyone ever identified Adolf Hitler or Eva Braun uh, in April of nineteen. 19- 45. So they they were never identified. No one no one ever, you know, could convince or and nobody cared. I think the war was over. It was like, you know, the, let's just move on. He killed himself. Have a nice day. They rolled him up in carpet. They set him on fire. The Russians took him away and, you know, and then we all move on. So anyhow, just the the team that they put together, um Bob Bears, retired uh, CIA operative, great guy, he's well known in the community and whatnot, and and uh, Timmy Kennedy, former Green Beret and a few other guys we hooked up with. Uh we went from Berlin to uh, Spain, to the Canary Islands, Argentina, Colombia, and you'd be surprised what what we turned up with and, and, wow. and what kind of intelligence we got out of this place. I mean, just Berlin alone. I mean, I spent uh, it was 93 miles of tunnels under the city oh, of wow. Berlin that that Hitler had built prior to the war, and yeah. it's just some of the things that we had dug up with respect to uh, you know it could. I was hired or I was cast as a lead investigator to find out if Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun did escape the Fuhrer bunker back in April. 1945, uh, could they have gotten out? How did they get out? How did they stay underground? Where where did they end up? What was their mode of transportation? Yada yada yada. So uh, right. it was. Uh, we'll have to tune in, <laughs> but it was a very interesting series. So we did an eight. Uh, they're one hour shows. It's an eight episode series that starts tonight at 10 o'clock on the History Channel. So uh, right. um, I'm actually not in episode one. A little bit briefly, but I'm in the rest. And, and uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I was in Europe probably a month or so uh, this summer. Uh, shooting this thing, oh, neat. And, uh, and we had fun. Yeah, I'm actually. I yeah. just uh, we just shot a pilot on another show, and I'm crossing my fingers it gets picked up. But we're doing something similar, similar to America's Most Wanted that I was asked to host, and it's involved oh, in social media. Yeah, so uh, the network's uh, enthused about it. They're editing away as we speak, so hopefully that gets picked up, and then I go back wow. to work again. So that's yeah, awesome. So it'll be fun. Good. Well, it sounds like you're very, very busy. That's great. It's a great way to go. You know, keep them busy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so, no, well, yeah. <laughs> and I don't mind yeah. the devil's workshop, Joe, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so before we uh, close out here, though, I want to just ask you two quick last questions. So what's one um, piece of information you can give the audience if they're just starting out in their career path? Like what's one good nugget of information that you can kind of share? You know, it, it's really 
and I mentioned it earlier, I mean, focusing on, on what you want to do, you know, be dedicated. The guys, the men and women I worked with, they were dedicated warriors. Even from, you know, when they were in, in school, they, they really, you know, they stayed at fun. They stayed out of trouble. And that's something you got to be careful of, especially in yeah. the federal, <clears throat> excuse me, as a federal agent or any police department. You know, I mean, obviously getting into the drinking and the drugs and that whole scene is, is, a, is a no-no. But even like things right. like driving records and, you know, keep your driver's license clean and, and uh, you know, I was always one to have fun, don't get me wrong, but uh, there's limitations to everything. But stay focused. I mean, it's a 360 world out there. You know, there's a lot going yeah. on in today's world, too, with terrorism and, and so on and so forth. But uh, you got to have that sixth sense. If, you, if your gut's telling you this isn't a good thing to do, get, get the hell out of there because, uh, you know, uh, it, it doesn't take much. It just takes that one thing that, that, that could mess you up for an entire career, you know, or, or yeah. what you're looking at doing, especially in law enforcement. But no, uh, Absolutely. You know, I, I always, uh, I, like I said, I always had, I always had fun. I mean, every every day's a holiday and every meal's a feast in my world, and and that's the way I live life. And and uh, it's important to, uh, um, you know, you don't get a second chance at a first impression, Joe. So yeah. you, you know, you might want to knock them out on that first punch because, uh, uh, and it's not that you're trying to, you know, be humble. I mean, you're good at what you do. Everybody's got a gift, and and uh, and just take it as far as you can and have fun with it and and enjoy everything that's out there because there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be, uh, you know, that you need to look into uh, as you as you go through life, but uh, and also remember remember the people going up the ladder because you're going to meet yeah. them on the way back down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So true. That's, yeah. that's that's a great point. I see so many people forget that and they go way down. And it's like, oh wow. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, so my my last. Know, um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. Oh, great. So my last question for you today is: so um, you're sitting at a table. And right across from you sits down your younger self. What would you say to your younger self today? Um, good luck. <laughs> no, I, I would, I would, I would say, uh, you know, uh, okay, you did a couple of things that you probably needed, uh, you know, your dad in the background that uh, wasn't there uh, to maybe give you a smack and say, uh, you know, you probably should uh, take that path as opposed to that one. But uh, I learned the hard way. I learned it all on the street, and you know, I had some sea daddies in the Navy that would try to tell me what was right and wrong. And as as I moved on, uh, you know, your mentors and the people you admired and whatnot, you you take their advice. You say, and I was always one, Joe, to sit back. I'd sit in the, in the back seat of the car. Uh, right. Don't don't get out there and, and, and get in an interview and act like you want to drive the car, you know, right out of the academy because that's not going to work. Right. You got to sit in the back, yeah. observe, see what goes on, and and that's what I would I would continue because I, but I listen to people. You, you know, you got to yeah. listen. Uh, you, you just can't. Yeah, I mean, sit down, listen, and then and then you sift through all the nonsense and things you feel that you know. Okay, great advice, but I didn't like the way he or she did that, and you know, and and then you got to implement it. You know, you got to you got to sit there and, and we call it TTPs, tactics, techniques, and procedures. You know, you want to nice. you want to uh, you know take that to your advantage, and you know your limitations. You know how where you're yeah. talented and what you were gifted with. So, uh, um, but I would tell a young me to uh, you know it's a, it's a tough world today. I mean, it was tough back when I started a hundred years ago, right. but it's gotten tougher out there all the way around <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so uh you know just got to uh, got to be careful but uh in my world too in the law enforcement world uh, i always I had a sign in my office that george orwell um it was his quote it said people sleep peaceably in their beds at night only because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf so right. these are the men and women i work with my past 30 years so i, I tip my hat to all those it was a pleasure you know 
uh, serving with everyone. And uh, tomorrow's Veterans Day too, Joe. So everyone, yep, uh, all the veterans out there, you know, I salute every one of them because uh, yeah. you know, it's a, the freedom is not free. That's for sure. No, yeah, absolutely. And and we definitely thank you for your service too. I mean, it's an amazing career you have, and this has absolutely been a pleasure to to talk to you and get to know you a little bit here. I really really appreciate your time. I know you're very very busy, but uh, happy Veterans Day to you as well. Thanks, pal. No, and, and thanks for having me on, and, and, and thanks to your audience too. And everybody, be careful. And again, it's it's tough out there, so uh, stay safe. And uh, yep. and it was a pleasure talking to you, Joe. It's nice meeting yeah. you on the phone. One day, hopefully, we'll meet in person. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. So thank you so much, Lenny. And uh, you take care. And we'll be watching uh, Hunting Hitler tonight. So it'd be great. Tune in. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Stay take well. Care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Lenny DePaul. Wow, what an amazing interview. I'm just so excited right now from what we um what we talked about just blown away by all the stories i mean did you catch the story of john Gotti, uh you know kind of shaken he never flown before and then he said hey is it too late to say i'm sorry that's just the stuff you can't make up and that's just the amazing stuff the raw and and really cool things that you hear here um and i was just amazed i think too at 120 arrests per week that um, that Lenny and his team were doing. And it just seems like when you watch a show, obviously it's like one or two people, but uh, really when you think about it, my gosh, 120 people, that's amazing. And he said something like 120,000 people a year from their task force are arrested. That's, that's unbelievable. And then the Robert De Niro, people thought they were shooting a movie and I guess De Niro came out. That was, that was really, really neat. Uh, but again, you know, his big thing, stay focused, um, you know, be dedicated and all those good things. And just truly, truly an amazing guy. Uh, and, and you can see, I mean, his heart is just so big and, but he's fair and he's tough and stern and that's how you got to be. So it was a wonderful interview. And again, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Lenny to Paul. And yeah, so hopefully one day I'll, I'll meet him in person. Uh, he's definitely somebody I look up to and, and respect for his work ethic. Um, but a uh, great interview and stay tuned. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we're working on another amazing guest. We've got some really cool upcoming guests. I hear we're probably going to have um, somebody from a company called GoDaddy that you all might know. Uh, we're looking at doing that. And a gentleman named um, Oren who has the six-minute pitch, uh, Oren Clack, uh, he is going to be upcoming sometime uh, early next year, probably first quarter. So as we're getting these uh, guests and folks out there, it's going to be an amazing journey um, that you can see from, from Lenny's heart and dedication, got some really good information out. So that's all the time we have for tonight. Uh, please join me again next week for another weekly show. Find me at Facebook at .com forward slash Joe Wu fan page, Twitter at Joe Rychowski, Google plus Joe .com. And thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of this journey. Good night, everybody, and live amazing. <laughs>